In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, is it ever too late to give you a theme of Lent? Today's theme, getting in touch with Jesus. The Jesus that we're trying to get in touch with is the same Jesus that we encounter in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Perhaps that statement is obvious to you, but more than not, we try to get in touch with the Jesus by asking popular questions of what would Jesus do or how would Jesus act? A show of hands, who once owned the very popular bracelet WWJD? <laughs> I owned one as well and still have it. Last week, a group of my friends were discussing the ve this very topic and I thought how fortuitous as I'm preparing to preach on this this week. A pastor friend of mine brought up, brought up a point, instead of asking those questions in any given situation, what would Jesus do, we're better off asking what did Jesus do, and we can go to the Gospels and actually look for ourselves of, instead of imagining for ourselves. Because sometimes what Jesus actually did in the Gospels is different from what we would want Jesus to do today in certain situations. Today and throughout Lent, my hope is that each of us will get in touch with the Jesus that's really there to get in touch with. Through the stories of the disciples and those that came after the original 12, the stories that told what Jesus was actually doing. In today's gospel reading from Luke, Jesus seems worried and saddened about an age-old problem that all of the prophets that came before him struggled with as well. All they had ever wanted to do was gather the people of God underneath the wing of God's vision for the world. That was the whole perfect purpose of every prophetic message, the whole purpose for everything Jesus did, how he acted, and what he said, was to gather. And we hear his frustration in the gospel with Jerusalem wanting to stone the prophets and how they won't listen to them. And he's weeping. He is saying this, how long to gather the people, how he longs to gather the people under the wing of the vision of God. I've spoken about it before, but the vision is what the Hebrews re referred to as shalom. And the Arabs referred to it as salam. In our language, that's really not, the, the depth of the meaning of the word shalom, really, we use peace, but how we use peace really doesn't touch the depths of that word shalom. We use it in an understanding of the absence of conflict, or a calmness in our lives. Certainly, shalom does include those things, but in the Hebrew understanding of the word, shalom means that we experience everything that God has in store for us and for all of creation. It's the completeness of God's vision for a world where all hopes and prayers and dreams are answered with justice, truth, and love. It's God's dream in a world where, and did you catch that in the gospel, fox. 
the fox behavior that is coming out of Herod gives way to a willingness and yearning to be gathered under God's vision of shalom. This means the way forward isn't in the schemes that we devise to get what we think or what we need, to get what we want or need. The way forward isn't found in force when we think that things ought to happen a certain way and use brutality or violence to make it so. Instead, to be gathered under the wing of God's shalom is to trust that the way Jesus showed and the prophets before him is that way to shalom. There's so many ways to talk about how we tend to live our lives that way. Our tendency to want to win and to want to win at any and all cost invades every aspect of our lives. It fuels the divisive issues that not only enter into religion and politics, but also in our relationships with one another and with the entire created order. There are so many, in fact, too many stories of people focusing on being worried about those things they just have to have and their lives falling apart if they no longer have those things. This battle lands us, maybe without realizing it, in a refusal of gathering under the context of God's shalom. We have to fight in order to win. It's a common occurrence in, hum in the human experience. It's not that we don't like the idea of shalom as a dream or a vision of a future to work towards or even as remembrance of what Jesus did. We like the idea just fine. It's more that we don't buy that dream as a reality for us, for ourselves, or for the world in the here and now. It's hard for us to see how this world would be good if we don't do everything in our power to do what we have to do to win. We live in a world where foxes rule. And rather in religion, politics, or in our relationships with one another, it's hard not to figure out how to outfox somebody. Aren't we always looking for advantages and weaknesses in others, and perhaps for our own gain? This leaves us in our own foxholes and far away from the dream of God. That is what Jesus is weeping over in the gospel this morning. As he looks at the city of Jerusalem and realizes that that is the place where he will die. The name Jerusalem actually means to see peace or to see shalom. Yet the Jerusalem that then and now rarely knows peace, especially not shalom. He's weeping not only for what will happen to him, but also for what has happened for all the prophets that came before him spreading that message of shalom to a people that would not listen. He is also weeping for what will happen in future times, in our own times, as the call to shalom continues to be spoken but not heard. Where does this lead us, especially during this season of Lent? Perhaps we should weep with Jesus that indeed we are quite far from where we need to be. Maybe in that journey, we might just open our eyes to the reality of what it takes to slowly close the distance between that vision 
and our vision. We can recognize that there is a distance. We can feel it in our hearts and recognize where we currently are and where we want to be. Maybe we would begin to take baby steps towards the shalom that we need to practice in our own lives. We spent so much time and energy worrying about shalom on a global scale that it really needs to start in our minds and hearts and in our relationships with one another. For there we will find the power and foundation of shalom that will begin to chop away at the foundation of having or needing to win at any cost. Whether you love him or hate him, Michael Jackson said it best, I'm starting with the man in the mirror I'm asking him to make a change. You see, even the smallest attempt at living shalom brings us a step closer to the shalom of God. As we get to know this Jesus and we are gathered under the name of shalom today, may we actually get in touch with what Jesus did in caring more about shalom than in winning in the eyes of the world. May we get in touch with the Jesus who weeps for what could be, but is not yet. May we be willing to be gathered under his wing of shalom. Amen.